0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
1: Hi, and welcome to my third attempt to introduce this episode of Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. I'm Kim France. And I'm your other host, Jen Romolini. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to say we are your hosts. There's always something. But you know what?
0: It's, it doesn't matter because we make up the rules of the podcast, so it's just fine. It's, just it's fine. true. We
1: could say it all in pig Latin if we wanted. We could. We could. Um, good morning, Kim France, or afternoon, your time. How are you today? I, it is afternoon here. I'm pretty good. Everything is pretty fine. Um, getting ready in Memorial Day weekend is coming up, which is very exciting. I'm going to go out to Sag Harbor for a week. I'm very excited about that. Oh, nice. Yeah, it'll be nice. You know, I, I I like it out there. And I also like it for the dog because he can run in the yard and be like a normal dog. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's nice to give the dogs the dogs some freedom. It's like an airing out of everybody, you know? It's like everybody yes. gets it, you know?
1: It's yes, just- no, that's true. That's true. And he like digs holes and buries bones mm-hmm. and does all these very, you know, act doggy things. Yes, so, yes. It's nice, but it is true. Everybody gets an airing out. I'm looking forward to my airing out. How are you I'm good I'm good um I am ugh, can I tell you something
0: it is really hard to, to keep getting Ritalin it is like the hardest <laughs> I love Ritalin I'm on the lowest dose of Ritalin and it is so hard because it is such a um, controlled substance and they make you every month they'll only give you a month at a time of prescription and so every month, I, a person with ADHD who has a very hard time with administrative tasks, <laughs> have to jump through so many hoops to get this medication on the phone with the insurance. I know this medication is usually for people under 18. I'm 49. Like it's and the pre-authorization and the doctor, and it's just ironic given the fact that I'm getting it to help me do these things anyway. <laughs> It's just a real fucking hard time with me and my Ritalin, um, but I, I love my Ritalin, and that's how that is. So I'm going to be all over the place. I'm out of, I'm out of meds. I'm going to be all over the place today. Um, I've been listening to Harry Styles.
1: I love Harry Styles. I really, I couldn't love Harry Styles more, and then he like fell in love with an older woman, so I just had to love him even more.
0: I just Harry Styles was one of those things that was like one of those things, but one of those people that was like in the periphery for me. Um, just like he was just kind of floating around. I knew people liked him. I knew that like you know he was like people were like he's hot, and he. I knew that he had a lot of like fashion, um, you know. It, it was a very re- a fashion rebel, a lot of skirts and just playing with like gender and everything. And I knew all of that, but then I listened to Harry's house this weekend, and I was like. Holy fucking shit, Harry Styles.
1: It's great. It's a great album. That's what I hear. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm going to now, given that recommendation. There is a song on it.
0: It it, it was so embarrassing because I was just like doing like old people domestic things all weekend, like cleaning out closets and going through, you know, just like, you know, whatever. Just like boring shit. Listening to Harry Styles and weeping. With my headphones on around the house. There's a song on this album called Matilda, which is just like a, like just a punch in the gut. It's so beautiful. And he, he just seems like such a lovely, lovely man who loves women.
1: I'll say that. He does seem that way. He really does seem like he loves women. And I think that's, you know, to me, a big part of why his younger fans relate to him when he dresses up in girls clothes, which could be something that would be. Alarming for a young fan, right? Right. I don't think anymore. I don't not think anymore. anymore. I guess you're right. But it just it makes me so happy. I mean, there are all sorts of things that being young right now sucks because of, like the fact that we've used up our environment yes. and the Earth is going to burn and all of that. But getting to live with all of the models of how to express your gender is such a gift it's such a fucking gift. When I think about, I think about this story all the time. When I was, when I was in boarding school, mm-hmm. one of the girls I was friends with, um, and I got kind of drunk one night with another guy, cause that's what you do at boarding school. You drink. Right. And, um, she started crying and crying and she's like, I really think I'm gay. And this guy and I, our response to her was, Oh, you're not gay. Don't worry. Oh, You know, that was how we responded, you know, and, 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 and I knew no better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know. I, well, I mean, you knew no better, but it just wasn't, There was just wasn't on the table. It was just harder. This gets me into another topic I wrote down to talk about today, which is the, if you, are you caught up on
1: hacks? Yes. Okay. I believe so.
0: So the last episode of hacks were on, they're on the lesbian cruise. Yes, yes, yes. And I was thinking about this. This is the second show about an older woman that addresses the idea of, well, maybe, are you a lesbian? Like, could you maybe, or not even a lesbian? Are you sexually, flu- is your is your sexuality fluid enough that you could consider being with a woman, right? And mm-hmm. the first one is better things. And it's like Pamela Adlon and right. that, like beautiful woman Which, is like, yeah. you know, yeah, like, oh, maybe. And, and Pamela Adlon's like, I can't, I can't and then this is jean smart and this younger person just really saying to her you know it's not necessarily being gay or straight it's just you know you know men have their purpose and so do women and it's just floating this like this new idea about like you could kind of just fuck anyone you want yeah. you know that was not a thing that i realized And I'm so sad about how limited my menu felt back then. Yep.
1: Yep. Me too. And I just, I, I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think that if I had been born at it now, if I was young now, I would for sure be by for sure, for sure. It would have been an easy, fun thing to do, you know, as it was, I guess I should say this on the podcast. Why not? At a certain point after my last long-term relationship ended, I was like, I'm going to date women. Yeah. I've always been kind of attracted to women. I could make this work. I'll date women. And then I went on all the apps and like met some women and went on a date with one of them. And I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever done. Like <laughs> very nice woman, very attractive, very interesting. But I was just like, Kim, you're just perilously straight. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, maybe it would have been different if I had tried this earlier, but that was all it took. It took one date with a really very lovely person for me to realize, like, yeah, you don't, you're not going to bend that way anytime soon.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I would bend that way. I mean, I definitely, I, you know, I made, I've made out with women. I had friends who I think I was like attracted to, or at least like very much in love with emotionally, yeah, like yeah. very, very intensely in love with, but I felt so like I was afraid to open those doors, right? To even like explore those rooms and see what was in there. I, because I didn't, I didn't understand that you could be bi really. It wasn't really a thing I got. It was like, you're this way or that way. And Gene Smart says this in Hacks, like, you know, I, I love men and the, the other character, you know, the younger character is like, yeah, but are you sure? You know, and I don't I just don't think we were able to explore, and so how could we be our authentic selves? and I think that we were very sexually repressed because of it, all of
1: us, yeah, I think we were. I mean, when I think back to the ways I acted as a teenager and how I thought I was supposed to behave around boys, well, right because and that's something that they get at it this in this
0: episode of hacks, which I agree with you is 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 uneven and, and problematic it's like it's not problematic, but it's not as good as whatever it doesn't matter mm-hmm. but what one thing she says was are you really attracted to these men or is their attention so flattering because Mm -hmm. a straight man is like the highest form of human in our society that like them taking a shine to you just feels so amazing. So is it that you're attracted to them or you're attracted to their attention?
1: Yeah. Well, it can be both. It can be both. It, can be, it both. can be both. And and but no, that was very insightful and for for sure true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure true. Yeah, no, I went to Oberlin and never even kissed a girl. Wait, like you, that's an accomplishment. You never kissed a girl? I've never kissed a girl. Wow. I've never made out with a girl. Not never. drunk? <laughs> Not drunk.
0: Wow. I mean, I just made out with everybody,
1: so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: really was not like showing a preference. It was just like, oh, let's make out (laughs) the fun, fun times.
1: That's hilarious. No, I never have, you know, so I'll always have curiosity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. And the thing is, there's also like the whole like threesome fantasy, but the thing is you cannot be the threesome fantasy
1: only works if you're the outside person I agree a thousand percent there's no way I would do it except as the invited guest that's it you have to be the invited guest the because
0: every person I know who's had a threesome is always like yeah you can't you can't be part of the couple
1: like that you can't not- be part of the couple that would suck I can think of few things that would suck more oh my god. <laughs> No, I mean, the being right there, like hanging out, hang, I'm, I mean, I've never, I've never had a threesome either. I'll just say it. I'm Me neither. super square. Me neither. But I, I never really wanted one because I felt like what happens when they start mixing it up and you're just kind of laying there? Oh, see, I don't care about that. That's a, it's, it's the, it's
0: being part of like the, it's being part of like the longtime couple who's like, let's spice it up. Let's bring in a third. I don't understand, especially if you are two neurotic people. I don't understand. <laughs> I can just laugh thinking about the arguments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. How could it How could I mean, uh, you know, it's like the old saying goes. Fucking leads to kissing. Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> it means you so you bring in a third you you know, you fool around with them. I mean, I'm not saying it's just about threesomes, but like yes. you fool around with somebody, you have an affair with somebody, you're sleeping with somebody, and eventually, you know, what do the kids say? You catch feelings. Oh, yes. Okay,
0: I see what you're saying. Wow, that's a good phrase. Fucking leads to kissing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just um I, I'm sure, like, look, I know, I know it works for many, many people. Um, but it. I, I just feel like in my super, like, you know, heady, neurotic relationship, it would never work. But I wish in my single days I had, I had been that third person.
1: I think that would have been fun. Actually. It would have been fun to be, I agree, to be, yeah. to be the lucky Pierre, they used to call it. <laughs> you are busting out so <laughs> much. <laughs> I'm just giving and giving today. You really
0: are. You are giving so much. <laughs> uh, um... I am, I'm very uncomfortable because I, as we're talking, my elbows are sliding along my desk because I've discovered a new aging issue, which is I have really scaly elbows. So I've been like greasing them up. (laughs) Now, like it's like an elbow, like ice skating rink. It's really, it's bad. But anyway, (laughs) I found a new a new part of my body that needs to be tended to in my in my midlife, which is fucking elbows, man. Have you felt yours
1: lately? I just did. They're like, they're mine are like sandpaper. Well, mine are okay, but the other day I was like, my foot was really bugging me. It was itching like crazy. And it had like the, and it was kind of like the skin was sort of peeling, and I was like, "Do I have athlete's foot? <laughs> I have athlete's foot." And Paul was like, "Try putting a little lotion on it." Oh, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> totally got rid of it. They were just dry. Well, that's it.
0: That's what it is. That's what it is. And I have now. I now have Vaseline after all the kids were like Vaseline. Do you did you see this on like everyone was like that's the
1: beauty product of the year. Who that's so weird. Somebody younger than me. Oh, I know Paul's son was mm. just telling me he uses Vaseline on his skin and I was like Vaseline? The kids use Vaseline. Yes, they do. It is I forgot about
0: Vaseline. Vaseline is wonderful because Vaseline has like a gross Vaseline has like a a gross rep for me. It's like just like Vaseline and like, I don't know, like baby powder. It's Mm -hmm. just like old products, right? Like Pond's cold cream. I feel like that's just like a medicine cabinet of the past. Um, But if you put a bunch of Vaseline on like a very scaly part of your skin, it really – it it works.
1: That's so good,
0: and it's cheap. It's a cheap. It's a cheap solution, um, but the kids are using it as like a highlighter on their on their cheeks and stuff to like have like really? gl- glowy skin. Yeah, the 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 super youngs. Um, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> that, was,
1: <laughs> that was something I thought. <laughs> well, I've been thinking about the fact that my mother is turning eighty five next week. Wow! Wow! Yeah. She's turning eighty-five. She's a very young eighty-five. She's still completely got her marbles. Um, you know, she's slowed down, of course, but um, she's really she's really been in a mood about it. She like she didn't want a party. Then maybe we'd have a dinner. Maybe she'd have a Zoom call with friends. But then she hated that idea. And <sighs> my mom listens to this, so I'm trying to figure out how to talk about this, like dealing with. An aging parent isn't just about dealing with like their physical maladies. Right. That whatever comes up, but also with how they change, you know, like my mother has in the past few years really changed as a person. She's much more sensitive than she used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, She gets hurt very easily and She used to just roll with everything. So it's weird. It's like, oh, yeah, that's part of it too. Like my brother said to me yesterday, we just have to accept that our mother is slightly different than she used to be. We have to, we can't, we can't poke fun at her anymore or things like that. Wow. That's,
0: that is really, I mean, but of course, I mean, because we all change, right? I mean, that's the, that's the most difficult thing about long term relationships with anybody yeah is, is adjusting to how and allowing for that change, but I'm sure with a parent
1: is it's it's, a, it's different it's different and also just like the change that she's going through i mean, you know, I hope she lives for as long as she wants to, and, and you know, I won't be ready when she goes at all, right, no matter when but um yeah, just coming to that realization that she must be at eighty five that like no matter what you know, there's not a whole lot left. Ugh,
0: that's the kind of like, that's the, it's just that phrase makes me want to like, I, I feel like the, the, the hand on my, on my neck when you say that, yeah. like
1: it's just, I know. And I, I hate saying it. It makes me scared, you know? know, but I mean, there could be not a whole lot left for any of us on any given day. And that's, you know, that is how we have to live. It's a cliche and it's corny, but it's true. It, it's
0: well. I mean, cliches are cliche for a reason, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's absolutely true, and it's. I've been thinking about this so much because I've been thinking about. Well, first off, I'm reading this book again. I reread this book all the time. It's called um, "How to Be an Adult," and it's not the Julie Julie Lithcott Haymes book. It's it's uh, by David Rico, and it's a handbook on psychological and spiritual integration, and it's about. Being an adult in your relationships, being present in yourself, being separate from other people so that you Mm -hmm. can allow for those, their experiences. And just, I mean, it it is so cliche, but all we have is this moment. So what do we want to do with this moment? Whether in conflict with other people, because we're going to have conflict with other people because we can't control other people with everything, with being like just days when you just, you know, fail to be grateful for everything you have. Like I was thinking, I was thinking today, I was like, I mean, even saying this, I feel like something's going to go wrong, but I was like, I feel good physically for the first time in a long time. Like I feel healthy and strong. Mm -hmm. And I would, I was like, I need to remember and be grateful for that because it's not going to be here forever. No, it's just not the way the things I can do with my body now are not, it's not going to be the case that I can run upstairs and down them. And you know, like all of
1: the ways my body is still young. Well, gratitude is so important and, and, and really it shouldn't be, but it's hard. It's hard to keep reminding yourself to be grateful because it's fun to complain. It's fun to complain. And it's scary to be too, to be too happy. If you're a certain kind of person, which we both are, Yes. A lot of happiness can be a scary thing. Yes. Yes.
0: And it's not even, I think that I'm looking for, I'm not even looking for the high of happiness. I'm looking for content. I'm looking to be contented. Like whatever that means, just like a, a sense of equilibrium, which, yeah. you know, that's what I'm striving for. But I'm, but going back to your mom, like, of course she's sensitive because also all the making fun of each other that we do in families, it's fucked up. Like, it's just like the way we, the, the sort of like the, the, the structure of a family and the enmeshment of each other and the roles we all play in the family. Like sometimes you just don't want it. Sometimes like you're your role in the family starts to feel too small for you in a way or, or just like wrong sized. I don't know if you've ever felt this with your siblings where you're just like, I don't want to be made fun of about that anymore.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I have for sure. I have, you know, and, and I think we've allowed each other to change. And, you know, I think I definitely got shit for how I was when I was younger for a very long time. And I would just have to Implore people to update their hard drives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. I, so speaking of how we were when we were younger in relationships and everything, I am attempting um, very gently um, to make amends with a really close old friend. And I am trying. um, I sent this person flowers for their 50th birthday, and I got a very nice note back and i am going to send a long apology and i really am trying to make amends with a relationship that i feel like i really fucked up and that i miss a lot and i'm mm-hmm. i'm like looking up like how to make amends <laughs> with a person mm-hmm. cuz i don't know because you know you don't want an apology to be all about you and you don't want it to you know but i would like to resurrect this friendship if i can or at least not have the feeling you have now about exactly, it. exactly. so i am I am very sort of cautiously, gently, carefully, thoughtfully trying to make amends with a with a
1: friendship that I'd had for thirty years that I totally blew up by being an asshole. Mm. yeah, it's interesting because i I went to this party Saturday night <sighs> that I talked about on the show. that's right. That's right. going to that's right. And there was um somebody was going to be there who had been a good friend of mine, a very good friend and who I had, I had pretty much screwed up the friendship when I, when I went through my difficult, crazy period. And, um, he, you know, I, he, I don't think could deal particularly well with messes. And I was a really big mess at the time. Yep. And someone said to me, well, did you ever, did you ever make amends to him? Did you ever apologize to him? And I was like, no, I never apologized to him because I still think he was a dick for dumping me. Right. You right. know, like I, I still, and I, I was really, con- you know, I knew I would not talk to him or talk to him very briefly. As it turns out, he wasn't at the party. Um, but I have really mixed feelings. You know, in AA, they say like, you should make amends except when to do so would cause further harm. Right, right. Right, um, and I know they're talking about cause further harm to the person, but I think in you know in question, but I think in this particular circumstance, it would have caused more harm for me,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think both things are true, right? I mean, I have that I have that friend who called me a psychopath, and that and that situation it actually got weirdly worse and mm-hmm. more wild and I had to block the friend from every – because the friend just – I tried to make amends and the friend just wanted to abuse me. The friend wanted to just keep shoving my face in, in, in my shit. And, you know, there are certain relationships where you played a role and maybe because you didn't like yourself very much, you wanted to feel bad about yourself and you sought out people Who would make you feel bad about yourself, you know? There are relationships that are based on a kind of masochism and your role, right? And getting right with yourself means both taking accountability for how you've wronged people, but also knowing when it's enough. The accountability is enough and you have to protect yourself because nobody's
1: going to protect you. No, it's true. You have to know when that you have to know when you can walk away and feel like your side of the street is clean. That's right. That's right. That's right. So,
0: you know, and I've been really looking at this shit quite quite a bit lately because I I don't know. I've also been thinking a lot about you know, I'm going to I have this book and it's going to come out and you know, have I been generous enough to people? Because I have, you know, I have the power to hurt people in this book, even if they're anonymous to the world, people who know mm-hmm. me will know people in this book.
1: And the people who
0: it is will know. And the people who it is will know. And how do I, you know, how much, gener- what, what what is the spirit that I wrote this in? Is mm-hmm. where am I, am I trying to be vengeful? Am I trying, you know, I don't want to be vengeful. I want to tell stories that are like, who wants to fucking read that? Who wants to read something that is just written bitterly? I mean, maybe, maybe we
1: do, but you know, no, I think, I think about that because, um, I had, I've told you about this. Um, and I don't think I've talked about it here either, but my boyfriend before Paul started seeing one of my followers who like found him when I tagged him. Um, and several months after we broke up, they started dating and I figured out pretty quickly that it was one of my readers and someone who'd been following me for 30 years since sassy. Oh my God. And everybody was like, you got to write about that. And I wrote about it and it wasn't terrible what I wrote, but, um, one place that was thinking about running, it said, we need to like change. We need to disguise the identity of this woman. She's too identifiable by the things you say. Right and i wanted to say like don't you understand this is a revenge piece like yeah. that's the whole reason and that's the and 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 it it di- i didn't run it anywhere and i'm so glad i didn't because it was so raw yeah no and sometimes
0: you need the space you need the space from the situation you need a lot like you cannot write when you're hot like that you you just can't no you
1: can't you can't you can't and you know now you know, quite a bit later after finding that out, I feel like those are two people who richly deserved each other. And I'm, I'm, I'm really (laughs) very comfortable in that knowledge, but at the time it was just the crappiest and, 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 and you don't feel it, you know, it's, it's too easy to be mean when you write, it's too easy to kind of pick off people. It's cowardly. It's cowardly. So coming from a place of empathy, even when you're talking about somebody you hate.
0: Yeah. Even if they, even if they fucking deserve it, it doesn't, it's still on
1: you. If you're a petty bitch, it's still on you. Yeah. And can I say another thing about making amends and things? It feels good to apologize. I mean, assuming the person you're apologizing to isn't a complete asshole who isn't going to do what that friend of yours did and continue shoving your nose in it. Right. Um, it feels good. It's freeing to apologize. It is. It is so
0: freeing to apologize. It feels like, it's like, it's like taking something off you, you know, it's like just throwing off like a heavy cloak. It's just like, Oh, I was an asshole. I'm
1: so sorry. You know, it's just, it's true. I had an assistant and I was generally, I think, okay with my assistance. You know, I was not, I, I was not, um, I think that's fair. I think I was okay with I them. I think that's fair. I, I, they, they had to do shit they hated. They had to do shit they liked. Mm-hmm. I probably made some ridiculous demands, whatever. But right. basically, I was okay. But there was one assistant I really wasn't very nice to. It was um, the assistant I had right after I had my breakdown and was back in the office. I remember. And I, and I was just not, you know, she was perfectly fine. But I was not. I think she was a plant, maybe. But she was fine. She was a nice girl. She was hardworking and I was terrible to her because I was just so not right in my own head yet. Right. And over COVID, I found her, you know, I found her on LinkedIn and I wrote to her and I said, listen, you know, I think you probably know that everything back then had to do with me and not with the job you did, but I wanted to tell you that I am so sorry. And she wrote something back that was so gracious. And I could tell she didn't expect to get anything like that. And it was like, I was like, That had been bugging me. I've been carrying it around like, you know, you do when there are people out in the world who have reason to think you're an asshole. Yes,
0: yes, yes. The stuff that like keeps you up at night. And then, you know, it's just... You know, our egos are just so nutty and, and complex and like, you know, almost like have a mind of like the ego almost has a mind of its own. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the ego just is like, it's like where the ego wants to go. Like if you think you're a piece of shit and it's almost like you want confirmation of that, you behave yeah. badly and you act out because you want to keep feeling bad and you seek out people who are men who will make you feel bad, you know, whatever. And just like- All of it is so self-centered and such narcissism. And eventually you just have to be like, oh, man, (laughs) like, oh, God, sorry about that. That was really sorry that you got caught in my orbit, my garbage orbit, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a woman who I was unkind about a number of years ago, also around all my crazy shit. And she found out something I said about her, which wasn't nice, but she wrote me the cruelest email that I've, the cruelest communication I've received ever of any kind. Wow. Um, and I've even thought about apologizing to her. I've even thought like, she doesn't live in New York anymore. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's in contact with her, but I, you know, she did something very unkind, but she was reacting to something I did. And, and I don't, like even though I'll probably never see her again I don't like knowing and I don't like knowing that there are people in the world who think I'm an asshole and have reason to think I'm an asshole you know and and some of it you can't do a thing about you gotta let it go Well, some of it
0: is just acceptance like I behaved I behaved badly
1: exactly I I was an asshole like I have a friend who I see um Every once in a while, but, you know, I hurt her and she will never be my close friend again. She'll be a friend and a dear friend, but she'll never let me close to her the way that we were close before. And I live with that, you know, kind of makes me feel bad, but I I live with that and I I accept it. It's what happened.
0: Well, some of my worst stuff was really not even when I was actively you know being a, a you know aggressive or confrontational or uh, many of the things that I had been but it was when i was cowardly i feel like mm-hmm. my when i was a coward it was the worst because you know you're cutting someone off you're moving away from them maybe when they need you you're being a coward in that way you're not saying the thing you really think because you're trying to get around the thing you really think you know i did mm-hmm. a lot of that mm-hmm. so you're passive aggressive and the thing is people are not stupid. People feel it. They know, they, they know that something's wrong and it's almost insulting to like yeah. try to pull off that passive aggressive bullshit instead of just saying, you know, cause it, what I didn't understand was I didn't understand boundaries for one, but it, I didn't understand that I had the right to say, you know, I'm not comfortable in this situation. I'm not going to come to these parties anymore because they don't, I'm not comfortable in them. I love you and our friendship, but could we try something like this and see each other? Like I didn't know, I didn't have the tools to communicate my needs. So I got myself into just these thorny, like messy, complicated, labyrinthine like friend dramas that could have been solved by just being like, I don't like hanging out with, you know, your five girlfriends, but I really like having one-on-one time with you. Could we do that? You know, just these very simple, straightforward, saying the real thing
1: and owning the real thing. Because the real thing is often so much more benign than whatever kind of behavior is cropped up around it. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Because then... Then it's like, then it's a dance of projection, right? The, you've yeah. pulled back. The person has filled up that emotional space with thinking that you, you know, that you hate them. And then you're like feeling guilty and then, but then you're mad because they're now being mean to you because they think you're mad at them. And it's just a theater. It's just like, yeah, it's just like dysfunction theater at that point instead of just being, oh, this is how I'm feeling. Oh, this is how I'm feeling. <laughs> Done.
1: <You know? laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah or letting the person take time giving the situation time to breathe too. You know, instead yeah. of just like we have to fix it right now, we have to fix it right
1: now. I think that happens too.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard, but apologizing is good. Apologizing, apologizing is, good. is a good thing. And 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 you can only hope that you have a person who's going to be receptive and gracious.
0: Take a quick break for some ads. Support for Everything is Fine comes from ritual. So I love ritual. Everyone knows I love ritual. I talk about ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. And highest. Sarah absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long. And I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. And we're back. Would you like to change topics and talk about shirts? Let's talk (laughs) about shirts. Okay. I have been my, like, let's say from early thirties till about now, I have been mid thirties. I have been a flouncy silk blouse person. Just I like know that about you. any flouncy silk blouse, just give it to me, right? A pussy bow, oh, all the better. All the better. Just a blouse. Give me a blouse all day. I probably have like 75 in my closet, right? Mm-hmm. I've been putting on blouses lately and being like, uh-uh, this is not right for me anymore. I am now, I have reached white button down age. <laughs>
1: I have reached oh, welcome. <laughs> so weird. All of
0: a sudden, it's all I am attracted to. I'm just like, Oh, look at that button down. That's an interesting button
1: down. (laughs) Yes, yes, I understand. How does this happen? I don't know there comes. I mean, there are just days when you try on something that's been in your closet forever. And you're like, Huh, that doesn't work anymore. That just doesn't work anymore. How you get to the place where I am where you're rapidly approaching and just dressing like a boy all the time. I don't know. I don't know how it happened to me. I used to dress girlier. I mean, I think it's, it's an age thing, flouncy things and frilly things, which I was never that into look silly th- the older you get. No, but it's like, I I think that the
0: way I was in my body felt very different. You know, I I rarely wore bras. I liked like blouses that were sort of like falling all over the place. It was just like a very sexy and fluid thing. And now I'm like, no, I want structure. I want a shoulder. I want a collar. I want like it's the craziest thing. I'm even like, oh, a long button down? <laughs> like, like <laughs> no, really? Like a tunic? Yes. I was like, I think I could look cute in a tunic. I'm just starting to see it. And I mean, it's it's so middle-aged. I can't believe it, but like crisp. I want something crisp and structured and I've been looking, I know know Cezanne has a, has some really, is that the name? How you say, I
1: think they have very good. Yes. No. Yeah. No, I think that's how you say it. I know. I mean, you have to remember it is a good look. It's a good look. It is a good look. And you know, but when I worry, and this isn't entirely fair, but like, I'm like Eileen Fisher, what did I ever have against Eileen Fisher? Oh, a hundred fucking percent. I don't own any Eileen Fisher, but a lot of it looks good to me. There's this pair of sandals I'm thinking of buying. Like it it just <sighs> I think it just must be part of natural scientific evolution somehow. Like it feels so so like inevitable. Yes. And happens so regularly, people regularly to people who are all very different in other ways. Yes you know like like it, it it it's yeah i know and and I, I can only imagine it gets worse. I don't know. I mean, is, is it worse or is it better? Like I used to be
0: like J. Jill, play lady, play clothes. That's ridiculous. Elastic waistbands, thumbs down. <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now I'm like, now you're like big butt press, oh, elastic waistband. Oh, and now I'm like, oh, just give me a two piece in the same flowy fabric, but like with a button and a collar. I will just like it's basically it's outdoor pajamas. I'm also maybe into, I don't know. I I I don't know fully. The other problem is I don't have enough opportunities to dress for other people. So I it's like I'm not getting enough practice, but I do want a pair of hirachis. I think that is my thing.
1: I saw a pair of cute hirachis like clog sandals that I'm Ooh. that I'm really, really thinking very hard about. Harachis. I
0: have a lot of good skirts right now. I have a lot. I went on like an eBay run one time when I was getting my hair dyed recently, and I just bought like a bunch of like I bought like a Sassone. Remember that brand from the eighties? I bought one of those. Of course, those skirt. I bought a bunch of vintage skirts, and I have a bunch of um, short sleeve turtlenecks that I'm going to be wearing them with, but also t-shirts and scarves. But then my next real fashion run is I think I'm going to fill my closet with striped button downs or just white button downs. It's just, it's time. It's just time. That's it.
1: So well, there fun. are many, many, many good striped button downs to have. Yes. I mean, Alex mill makes good ones. Alex mill makes good ones. Um, X I R E N A. Yeah. They make good ones. Um, Frank and Eileen, although those are a little more expensive, Mm -hmm. Everlane makes good ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is my wheelhouse. This is, you welcome to my wheelhouse.
0: The other thing I've really, I've been enjoying, we've been talking about it, but I really tried
1: it out over the weekend is a vest. I've really tried out a vest. You know what? I've wanted to try a vest, like a little knit vest or a, like a, like suit vest. Yeah. I think it's a great look. I'm, I'm, I have not been brave enough. I got a hot
0: pink sweater vest. It's like a hot, it's like a fuchsia sweater vest and I wore it over like a nice fitted white t-shirt and it was super cute with a pair of jeans. It was like the cute, I was like, oh, this is, I'm into vests. This is
1: a good, this is a good look. You know, we're having a guest on in a few weeks who's going to talk about fashion and I cannot wait because I have so many questions.
0: Yeah, I do too. My questions are mostly about pants. If I really had to narrow down all of my style, well, all (laughs) of my life questions, this fucking frivolous fuck that I am, tell me more about pants.
1: (laughs) They're hard. They're hard.
0: I do not want I don't want any more sausagey pants in my life. I don't want any pants where it's like so tight at the thigh that there's like just lumps.
1: Well, how about so tight that you can't cross your legs? You know, like, I don't want that anymore. I don't like the way it looks on me. It's not what I want. No, but I do want like I have a good pair of white jeans from the Gap from like
0: 30 years ago, but I want more white pants. I've been into, I've been into white a lot too. See, again, this is all, this is all coastal grandma shit. This is like white. This is, <laughs> this is Diane Keaton, white. It's, it's nice as
1: you get older. I know, just, 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 I think we just have to accept. Yeah. yeah. I think we just have to accept. Um,
0: What else? Anything else? Do you have any, what else is on your
1: mind? Well, you know. I watched this show the other day, a little bit of it, and I think you brought it up a while ago on The Verge with Julie. It's Julie Dalpin's oh, TV show. Oh, how
0: was it? I started watching it and I couldn't get through it.
1: I like it for existing. Okay, tell me. But that okay. <laughs> is, I like it for existing. The faintest because- praise. <laughs> No, no, I'm like it. I like it because yeah. it's a show about women in their 40s starring women who look like they're in their 40s. Mm-hmm. Or Elizabeth Shue, who must be in her 50s, mm-hmm. is in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and it just like I I just I I you know I only watched like the beginning of the first episode, to be quite honest. Okay. But I did like it, but I'll tell you what I thought of more of it as I watch it. And maybe we'll even cut this, too, because it's not that interesting, considering.
0: I think it's fine. I think it's fine to talk about a show that you kind of watched. Um, I watched the George Carlin
1: documentary. And how was that?
0: It was good. It was interesting. In a good way, not in a boring way. It was interesting. It was maybe a little too long. Like, that's the thing. Why are all these fucking documentaries... fucking seven hours long. Like, can't you, can't you just do a document? Like, it used to be a documentary was like an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is like, I mean, it's fine. But, you know, he was so smart and so forward thinking. And it's amazing how many of his bits just hold up and can be pulled wholesale from 20, Mm -hmm. 30 years ago and just placed on today you know, the way he was like, you know, it's not about babies. It's not about, it's not about hating an. Ab- it's not about hating abortion. He, you know, George Carlin said, it's like Republicans hate women. Like he just said it, you know, and he said it 30 years ago.
1: Yeah. When Republicans didn't even hate women as much as they do now. Yes.
0: So, so anyway, so that was, that was pretty, that was pretty good. Um, and then I watched the Chippendale movie, which was like, oh God, I mean, I still watch kid movies with my kid, but it mm-hmm. was really strange because this kid movie, which has John Mulaney, who, you know, is on my shit list now for having um, anti-trans uh, opening act. Um,
1: did he really?
0: Yeah, he did. He had, um, what's his name? Uh, Dave uh, Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. He had Dave Chappelle come on his show or not his show, he's he's on the road, he's performing, and he had him open for him, I guess, in D.C., and Chappelle came out and told a bunch of fucking anti-trans jokes, and like, it's not okay. It's over.
1: Stop it. No, it's not. It's not cool, and it's a shame, because I have... Liked Dave Chappelle a great deal Before this but it's it's not Cool and you got to vote with your feet Yeah and it's like you
0: got to vote with your feet And it's like fuck off
1: find Something else to talk about
0: these jokes Are not funny anymore and you want to talk About hurting people they hurt people And a lot of You know John Mulaney like has a very You know liberal and broad Audience and there were There were trans people who had traveled far To come to that show and Now have Mm -hmm. to sit there and hear Fucking Dave Chappelle tell these filthy anti-trans jokes, and I'm sorry, but it's just like, like we talk about being canceled. Like you know, Louis C.K. getting canceled for jerking off in front of women. Aziz Ansari getting canceled for you know maybe pushing himself. I don't know. You know, people get canceled for shit, right? But they they never really get canceled. Dave Chappelle should be canceled for continuing this behavior of yeah. telling anti-trans jokes, like it there's so many trans kids in this world right now who are suffering so much with the way this country yeah. is treating them.
1: So anyway, the Chippendale movie. It's also, yes, it also, it places him, it places him on like on the side. I don't think he'd choose. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I really think that like if Dave Chappelle was given the choice to side with trans people or side with the people who really hate trans people and want to keep it all in the closet, I have to think that if he was for, it doesn't, it, doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But you know what
0: the thing is? It's so there's something about it that's we're so polarized, right? So there's something about some men, you know. Kanye is another one. There's like some men who are like, well, we can just be mavericks. Like I'm not on the side of liberals, and I'm not on the side of Republicans. I'm on the side of freedom or whatever, you know. It's right. like it's like, I'm
1: not a feminist. I'm a humanist.
0: Exactly. Like I, you know, Trump is just Trump's not even a Republican. He's just like he's just saying it like it is, like. Like, what, when did we become so precious about everything? You know, and it's like, fuck off. I know that, I know that Democrats suck too. Like, I know any sort of big institution sucks, but you don't get to go out and hurt people actively. Like, none of us should.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, unfortunately, you get to. Yes. No, you do get to. No, you're right. You get to. So it's 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 it, it it's it's tricky and awful. It's tricky and awful.
0: But anyway, back to this Chippendale movie. This it was very interesting because it's um I forget the other actor in it, but anyway, it's it's John Mulaney and some other comedian, and they are the two chipmunks in this movie. But it's a very meta cartoon that's clearly aimed at parents who are millennials. So it's all millennial jokes. So Mm -hmm. it was very strange to be watching a movie and be like, oh, this is – geared toward a generation of parents this isn't even geared toward kids so much as it's like there's all these like inside winky winky jokes for a generation of parents that came after me so Mm -hmm. it's a very it was a very so weird it's a weird it's well it's another it's another like mark of getting older where like oh even the parents
1: are younger than me now you know Oh, yeah. Well, I think that about like, because I, you know, on Instagram, I see every, every assistant who worked at Lucky with their children now. Yes. Yes. And it's like, geez, and they're not even that young anymore.
0: No. Well, it's like baby age is very different than like teen and tween age as far as as parents. Like I've just been watching a bunch of my friends. I mean, it's a, it's a range, you know. Some of my friends still have young young kids, but some of my friends, their kids are graduating high school, graduating college. It's, yeah, it's like wow, that just all happened. Like that, <laughs> that that just went by. I remember your kid being at my house when the kid was two.
1: No, it is crazy. Two of my nephews will be in college in the fall. Oh my God, I mean, I, I, I it, it's, it's. Mind numbing. It's mind numbing. It really is. It
0: really is. It's wild. Um, I think we might have had questions that I forgot to answer, but I'm going to look just to make sure. Oh, wait, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. We're going to answer a couple of questions and then we're going to (laughs) go. Are you fans of live music? Do you still go to see shows? What's the last band you saw play live? Or what's a band that you would still drop everything to see? Wow, this is many questions. Or did you
1: hit a certain age and decide that you were done with shows? I did hit a certain age and decide I was done with shows, probably in my mid 30s. I have gone to shows since then. The last show I saw was Yola Tango. I would drop a lot to go see Yola Tango. But I also have to say something that a friend once said to me, which is true for me as well, which is that no matter how much I love a band and no matter how much I want to hear all my favorite songs, I am always happy when the show is over.
0: Yeah, same, the same. The last show I think I went to, I went to see Kim Gordon in a very, very small venue. Like I was like eight feet away from Kim Gordon. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Like that mm-hmm. was very exciting. Um, And I went to see Tom Petty. I was on like a run for a long time. I mean, this is so sad and I didn't realize Tom Petty was going to die, but I was on a run for a while of like, let's see these people before they die. So mm-hmm. I saw, I saw Eliza Minnelli. I saw Diana Ross. I saw Neil Diamond. I saw Rod Stewart. <laughs> I saw Barry Manilow. <laughs> I saw him once in person. Okay, he's amazing. The the fanalos are the best.
1: <laughs> the fanalos. <laughs>
0: I more now think I go see shows for the venue almost because there's like the Hollywood Bowl's pretty amazing. The Greek is pretty amazing out here. So an outdoor venue is really like a nice experience. Um, It kind of
1: doesn't matter who plays. kind of doesn't matter who plays. but I would love to see a show at the Hollywood Bowl one of these times. Come
0: out. We'll go see something. The Yeah Yeah Yeahs are playing um, in the fall. I don't know if you like them, but I like them. I like them fine. I like them fine. Um, but no, but that's So I, I might buy a ticket to to see them. Um, but yeah, we should go see the, something at the Hollywood Bowl. Okay. Next question. Um, what's one path you choose
1: not to take that still makes you wonder what if? Oh, I know. All right, go. Um, when I was in my early 30s, I briefly considered moving to California to become a TV writer. Oh. And I don't know if I would would have been talented enough. I don't know if I would have been good in the writer's room. I don't know anything. But that is like one route that I think I didn't take that would have been interesting.
0: I broke up with a very lovely boyfriend I had who's kind of a little bit the one who got away. I'm happy with my life now, but I broke up with him because he wasn't ready to move in with me or have kids or do anything. And... I was like, well, I'm 31 years old. Like, fuck off. I got, I got to move yeah. on. And he wound up getting engaged six months after we broke up. Mm. So mm, yes, mm, I, th- mm. I think about that a lot. Um,
1: best piece of advice for high school graduates. High school graduates. Um, don't do any drugs that get mixed with fentanyl when you get to college. Oh. That's my big fear. Like I say that to my nephews all the time. Please, please promise me you will not do any drugs that have fentanyl in them or could potentially have fentanyl in them.
0: I would say that nothing really matters until you're 25. That's good advice. I really feel like everyone's like, oh my God, I have to go to college. I have to, you know, I have to like nothing. You don't know. You have no idea what you're going to want to be in your life. It's so stupid that we send 18 year olds out to like make their fortune in the world. It's like it's like, that's like something we did when people live to be 50. Like the fact that now we're like, have it all figured out now, 19 year old, it's, it's absurd, you know? So I I just feel like nothing really matters till you're 25. So explore everything safely. 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 Um, Truly. Okay. Let's do one. Let's do one more. I'm 49 and getting married for the first time this summer. It'll be small, likely no more than 20 people. Any advice on how to make the day as fun and memorable as possible? I'd also love to hear your best relationship advice or best advice you'd been given. Thanks.
1: I think having a small wedding is one way to make sure it's a fun day and that you actually get to be in the moment, because if I remember one thing from my own wedding, it was that I was, I was just in a blur and didn't get a chance to really talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the evening went very quickly and it was very, very like manic. Yes. And I think having like a small wedding where you really get to chill with, you know, a select number of people you love is a great way to have a good wedding. I would say don't don't pack too much in.
0: You know, yep. don't pack too much in. Give it a very make it very spacious. Make sure there's like good food. People are well fed. People who drink can drink. Make sure there's lots of non-alcoholic things for people too. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if you like music, play the music you like. But other than that, just let it air out. I feel like we get so tight around these kinds of events and it's like Mm -hmm. so overplanned and then you're in it and it's the same thing. It's an out of body experience and then it's over like that and you've missed the whole thing. So stay present and do what you want. Like don't care about the obligation of other people. It's a day for you and, and your partner.
1: Yeah. And congratulations, you know? Yeah it's really, that's really great. I love hearing about people getting married at the first time for the first time in their forties. 49. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: Congratulations. And best relationship advice. Um, as I was discussing with you earlier, remember that you are two individuals just sort of rolling along, (laughs) like (laughs) not feeling so attached to every one of your partner's moods and, you know, being present for them, but not letting their life experience impact yours as much? You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm reading. No, it does. I'm reading codependent no
1: more. So I mean, it's, you know, one of the things I've always thought about being in a relationship is it's wonderful because someone has to absorb your day, right? But you have to absorb someone else's day.
0: Right. And maybe you don't. I mean, that's, you know, the 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 most classic book, which I'm listening to on tape now, which not tape, that's fucking so old, but audiobook, codependent no more. I mean, you just don't realize how quickly, what a slippery slope it is to codependence. And in the codependence, how useless you are to each other as partners when you're just like mm-hmm. ping-ponging, you know, when you're just in a pinball machine ricocheting off each other's like moods all the time when you forget yourself.
1: Yep. Yep. You know? My advice is like go have couples therapy when things are still going well. Oh, that's excellent advice. <laughs>
0: that's excellent advice. Yeah. Don't do it as a Hail Mary at the end. Yeah. 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 Tends not to work. Tends not to work. You're too bitter. And don't build up bitterness. Let the, try to let go and like keep it, keep things as clean as possible. You know, say, say what you mean, mean what you say.
1: And always remember if it doesn't work out, you can just get divorced. You
0: can just get divorced. You can, as both of us can attest.
1: That's right. That's right. All right. Divorce. Yay.
0: Divorce. Divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And
1: I'm Kim France.
0: If you like the show, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really makes a difference in helping people find the show. And we read the reviews every couple of weeks. We didn't today, though we should have. Um, If you want to support the production of the show, please join our Patreon. It helps us keep the lights on. It's patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We have a live event every month. We have one actually, Well, we will have had one this last week, Um, patreon.com backslash everything is fine. If you want to find us on social media, we're at EIF podcast on Instagram. We have a private Facebook group. Um, We are on Twitter. You can email us at podcast at Gmail. You can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. You can find me on tinyletter.com backslash Jennifer Romolini. And last but certainly not least, the show is edited and mixed by the great Natalie Rivera. Thank you, Natalie. We'll see you next week. Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.